Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is January 13th, 2022. Man, we are two weeks into our 104-week mandate that God has prepared for this body. A mandate to prepare the wide door of effective ministry that has been opened to us. Open to us, LCM, this body. We are seeing in, in our lives in 2022, homes being opened up Amen. for ministry like never before. Man, we are setting tables for one another. We are building up the body. We are seeing multiple team unity meetings taking place throughout the week. Man, are you guys growing? Yes. We are growing as a body, and it's amazing. Our good father, our heavenly king, has gotten us off to a good start this year. Because he has set goals for us in the third year. See, he's outlined the next three years of this body and the vision and direction for this body. And in this two years that we have, we get to build up each other and sow into one another's lives. How amazing is that? And he also knows exactly how to lead us there. So with that being said, you guys excited for the word? Yeah. Let's turn to Isaiah 46. We're going to pick up in verse 9. As you're turning to Isaiah 46, say, excited. excited. Yeah, Spence. Isaiah 46 verse 9 says, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. Say, he is, there is no other. He is like no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon birds of prey. From a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. We have people in this place that are full of the purposes of God. What I have said, that I will bring about. Say he's going to bring it about. What I have planned, that I will do. This is the faithfulness and the firmness of our Father. He is sure. This is a comforting fact, a comforting fact to note. We may not perceive everything that he is doing in every given moment. Moment. He may not show it to us all before we actually get there. But we definitely know and we can trust that he knows exactly what must be worked into us, what must be done in us so that we get from point A to point B. Your father has a destination for you. He has a calling for you. He has, he has a, a vision of what you look like. And what you look like will end up being Christ. And he knows exactly what to work into you in order to get there. Amen? Amen. Are you experiencing that? Yeah. Or, or are we, we, just, we just talking? Are you experiencing him making you into what he's already said you are? This was one of the most encouraging concepts from this past Sunday's message. That we have been personally engaging with from the very beginning, from the very start of the journey. Just like Israel, we already have what we need. Amen. Now, I know we've read our Bibles. We've, we've read that passage and it was good. But did you know you already had what you needed? Did you know it? We're we, we, we learning to, we to die it. That we already have what we need. And yet, he is lining up the battles. Not only do you have what you need, but he is also lining up every 
battle that you come to because he knows exactly how to get you from point A to point B. Not talking about the hoop that y'all grew up with. That, he's going to get us from point A to point B. His goal is that this body will become exactly what he is. That we would kind of merge into what Christ is. Because of that, he knows exactly what to take us through in order to get us there. We are walking in the path. Say, so we are walking, not will walk. We are walking in the path of the crucified Messiah. And as a result, we are being sifted now unto transformation. You're being sifted for a purpose. Like a fighter that is working to get down to an optimum fighting weight. Because he must get down to that weight in order to enter into the contest. Our father's removing things from us. Amen. He's trimming some fat. Yeah. We're we cutting a little weight in order to get down to our fighting weight. Yeah. Amen, Cody? Amen. Come on. <laughs> we can look into the scripture unafraid of being tested as our pastor showed us. Because we are certain of the outcome of this way of life. Amen? Yeah. Turn with us to Revelation and we're going to get some vision for where we're headed. Revelation chapter 13. You guys turn there. We want you to see this. We'll pick up in verse 9. Oh, man, we're excited tonight. Look at what it says. He who has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword he will be killed. Hear this part. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of the saints. Elsie, when we're reading here in Revelation chapter 13, this has not happened yet. Verses 9 through 10 has not taken place yet. But what we can see here is that the saints who exist in Revelation 13, when they're standing on that day, these are men and women who have been tested by the fires of adversity that we've never seen before. God himself calls this type of testing in advance. He knows exactly what he has made them to be, and as a result, he can test them. He can sift them to be exactly what he's always called them to be, sons of the living God, and to show them for what they really are. That's why he says here, he who has an ear, let them hear. And by the time we get to this point in history, when we get the full manifestation of what's taking place in Revelation 13, we can see that the saints of the living God have dropped off, dropped off all the excess weight. They've trimmed the superfluous. They've, they've cut away the things that are weighing them down. And the only thing that remains in this moment as they're going through tribulation, as they're going through trials, as they're going through circumstances, the only thing that is remaining is the display of the divine power of God that is at work inside of them. This is what we're in store for. This is what our vision is cast upon. And because our Father's character does not change, this process is not isolated just to them at all. It's also for us here tonight. And he is preparing us. Say he's preparing me. He's preparing me. He's preparing us here and now. He's teaching us. He's cutting away. He's trimming that extra adipose tissue. He's cutting the fat away, and he's causing us to get down to our fighting weight. In fact, the title of our sermon tonight is Cutting Weight. Y'all going to engage with us tonight? Yes. There is a reality that's coming on the earth, right? That these kind of saints will be here. He's already said it. And yet, he's given us some monumental tasks, right? He's given us some things to go after, right? In order to get there, 
in order to be at point B, where, we, where we're going to end up, we're going to have to have the same attitude as these saints. See, these saints, they didn't love their lives unto death. They gave willingly of their lives. They sacrificed all. And you know what's encouraging? You're doing that too. You are giving all. You are sacrificing all. It shows up in the way that you rightly deal with family. It shows up in the way that you rightly pastor your home, even when it's time to go to sleep. It shows up in the way when you realize that God has already given you what you need and you stand up and walk in it. Church, you are these saints that we're talking about. So we feel free to encourage you about it. Are you guys excited? We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. You, LCM, are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. In fact, Hebrews 12, right at the end of verse 28, says exactly this. But what we want to pick up is this revelation. We know that we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So what kind of people do we ought to be? What kind of attitude should we have? Check out Hebrews, check out Hebrews 12, pick it up at verse, verse 1. Look at what it says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses... Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, LCM, you guys are a Bible-believing, convictions-setting church. You guys love the word. Yeah. And we know a lot of you guys have had Hebrews 12.1 as a stone. Are we right? Yeah. Who's had that as a stone? Almost the entire church, right? So it's a familiar passage. But we have to ask ourselves, how is Hebrews 12.1 practically working its way into our lives? How is it showing up in our lives? Well, one would think that in order to be made aware of what is hindering you, you would have to throw it off, right? Like you would have to know what is there in order to throw it off, yeah. right? You can't throw off something you cannot see. Like, for example, how can you throw off something that you're not visibly aware of? You can't. How can you, you just feel it? Right. You feel, feel way down. <clears throat> you feel something. How can you untangle yourself when you don't presently know that you're being entangled by something? There's there's no way. How can you run with perseverance the race marked out for you if you're unaware of what's slowing and weighing you down? Tell us how, Ben. How we find out is by looking at what God has already put in our lives. It's why a sifting is needed. Amen. Through the sifting process of our lives, through our good father sifting and testing and refining us, we can actually see the things that are hindering us. We can see the things that are weighing us down. We can see the things that are tripping us up. It reveals the things that need to go, the things that are a part of our lives right now that should not be there and they have to go. The sifting is a blessing. Say that with us. The sifting is a blessing. Man, do you, do you see it in that light? Do you think about the sifting as a blessing? Our Father is good to us. Through the sifting, he's trimming off fat. He's helping us cut weight. He's helping us get down to our fighting weight so that we can no longer be held back by the things that trip us up. Come on. You guys ever heard the saying, flow like a butterfly, sting like a bee? Come on. Yeah? Your, your hands can't hit what your eyes can't see? Look, you have to be able to recognize what needs to go, and the Lord is the one who brings about the sifting. 
Now, knowing this, we can be certain. Knowing this, this truth, we can be certain of the outcome of what our faithful father is working inside of us, into us, and out of us. I think it was last Sunday, uh, Pastor Eric shared with us Hebrews uh, 13, 21. Yeah. He, is, he, he is a good shepherd who is working things into us and out of us. And we can be certain that we will come into, the, into glory. We can embrace. Say embrace. Embrace. We can embrace knowing this truth, knowing that the sifting is brought on by our Father to help us cast off these things, to throw off these things that hinder. We can, we can embrace and joyfully welcome the sifting process because it eliminates the things that do not belong to us. You guys tracking with us? Yeah. This is not a one-time process. No. You, guys, you guys read here in Hebrews 12? Does it say, let's, let's back up, does it say, um, let us throw off everything that hinders for one day? Yeah. No. Does it say, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily tangles for 24 hours? Yeah. No, this is a daily process. We have to do this again and again and again. It's definitely not going to be finished in a week. No. It's not going to be finished in a month. No. This is something that we have to engage in continually. And we need to know that you have everything that you need. You need to be reminded of this truth. Yeah. We have to first start with that revelation. I already have everything that I need. And as a result, I can fight day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, as I'm welcoming and embracing the sifting process that God is bringing into my life because I know what it's producing inside of me. Yeah. All right, it's, it's Thursday. How many of you have had to be reminded that you already have what you need? Like, how, many almost you've, um, how many of you almost forgot and you had a brother encourage you that, hey, you already have what you need. Me. See, this is not a one-time process. Yep. I know you need it because I know I need it. I've talked to you and you've talked to me. This revelation that our Father has given us, it is exactly what we need, but it's not going to happen in a day. Yeah. So you had to be reminded this week. You know what's going to have to happen next week? You're going to have to be reminded next week. Yeah. But what's going to happen is as you put this into practice, as you bring it to remembrance that, hey, in whatever situation I go through throughout the day, I already have what I need. And whatever fat the Lord is trimming, whatever he is cutting from me so that I can actually be ready to fight, that is a blessing. And that's what I turn and strengthen my brothers with and my family with. That's not going to be a one-time process. But as we continue to do it, as we continue to call it to mind and say, you know what, no, I'm not moving forward with faithlessness because that's been cut away. I'm not moving forward with with this uh, disregard for authority because, you know what, that was exercised from me. As we do that today and we do it tomorrow, what's going to happen is it's going to pick up momentum. You know what momentum is. You do something one time, it may be a little tough. You do it twice, it starts to get a little easier. And the more and more you do it, you start to pick up speed. You start to pick up a, a, a force multiplier. And that's what the Lord is trying to do in our body. Because, you know, what? it's not just about you and the force that you're picking up. What you pick up, the force that you pick up, the, the momentum that you gather is what your brother needs. Paul, say, hey, I need my brother Ray to pick up momentum. We need our brothers to pick up momentum, and our brothers need us to do the very same thing. It's on the wall. This is beautiful. Elsie, we're looking out at you guys, and this is a family meeting. Yep. I mean, ignore, ignore the stage, ignore the microphone and the lights. We're, we're at a family dining table, and we're talking we're to our family. family. How about that?
when we were talking through this, we, we, were, we were engaging with this. And we know you guys. You know that presently there are things in your life right now that trip you up, yes? There are things that, that hinder you, things that, that entangle you. We, all, we can all agree to that. But we also know that maturity in the kingdom looks like going through the refinement and the sifting process. Yes? Yes. Okay. With that being said, we have to ask a question. How eagerly are you, how joyfully are you welcoming the sifting process in your life? Right? We can all agree that there are things there that need to go, that should not be there. And we can also equally agree that maturing the kingdom is the refinement process and sifting process that is needed to grow. But are we eagerly asking God to say, Lord, sift me, test me, search me? And the answer is no. Why not? Well, I'll explain what it looks like in my life. Let me, you want me to go? <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll explain what it looks like in my life, why I don't ask, why I don't ask the Lord to sift me. See, the honest truth is the things that I know must be sifted out of my life. The pride, the selfish ambition, so on and so on. The things that must be sifted out of my life, the reason why I don't ask for the Lord to sift me is because I allow those things that must be sifted to still define me. That's why I'm not asking. I, it's like a gravitational pull towards those things when I see them, yeah, when, when I common. feel them, when they, when they pop up. I'm like, man, this is, this is all that I am. Lord, I need you to transform me and make me joyful. No, no, no. That's a lie. If you look at what Galatians 5 says, it literally says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. You already have joy. You, it's, you already have it. It's not, Lord, make me joyful. If you're feeling despair, you need to remember that you already have what you need. I am joyful. So why do I feel despair? No, 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 no. That's not who I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and this has got to go. Church, this is how we win. This is foundational for me. This is foundational for my family. This is changing our perspective and the perspective of our hearts to start from a position of I already have what I need. And then I can ask and welcome the sifting process because those things are not who I am. And I'm not going to be defined by those things. Yeah. LCM, this is how we grow in the kingdom. We can't just acknowledge that these things must go. We can't just wish them away. We have to welcome our Father to sift us, to test us, because we know the things that he's causing to rise to the surface, that's not who we are. Who we really are is the 12 gates. Who we really are, those who are clothed by the living God, who are seated with Christ, who are sons of God. That's who we are. We start from that position, and as a result, we can say, Lord, we joyfully embrace the sifting process because these things have to go. They have to be cut out of my life. They must be uh, sifted and trimmed. Lord, help me to get down to the fighting weight of who you really called me to be. This is how we win, LCM. Amen. I'm going to get some blood in that offering. Have you ever, like, you know, you, you've done something really hard? Like the Lord is asking it of you, hey, Lord, I, I want you to do this. I want you to sever this relationship. I want you to do this. And you're like, Lord, I'm going to do it because I trust you and I love you and I know that it's right. And you do it. Have you, have you done difficult things in the kingdom? Yeah. All right. What do you do the week after? Fight off thoughts. <laughs> Along with fight off thoughts. There's more needed, right? The refinement process isn't for the, just the difficult or what you perceive as difficult. 
it's for the everyday. And what I can see is a man. Lord, I, th- I, I saw what doing that produced in me. I saw the conviction that is developing in me. But Lord, does the, does the next one got to hurt that much? Lord, is, 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 there, is there more like that? And the answer is yes. So we leave, we, I ask myself, Lord, what is, what's that feeling? Why am I wrestling with this? It's faithlessness. It's faithlessness. But you know what? That is not a part of my genuine anointing. Come on. And in order to be able to separate from the thing, these things, we have to recognize it for what it is. No, I don't identify with that faithlessness. I don't identify with that trying to fight to be weak. That is not who I am. I have the spirit of God inside of me. And the word says, 1 John 5 says, those who believe are those who overcome. And that is what happens when we walk in the genuine anointing that God has given us. We recognize the fact that, hey, I already have what I need, not just for one time, not just for the, that one difficult thing, but for every facet and every day of life. It is a revelation that, that does not stop bearing fruit. So you know what? We're not going to stop putting it into practice, and we're not going to stop bearing fruit. Amen? Amen? These contaminants are working. They're working to slow us down. To trip you up. It's like that adipose tissue that you're trying to trim weight and, and get down to your fighting weight, but it's slowing you down. And the Lord says, you know what? It has to be cut away. Yeah. That is not a part of who you will be when I finish with you. And what we have to do in, in the in the in the in-between is trust the Lord and joyfully undergo that process. Yeah. Joyfully embrace what He is producing in us. Because you know what? I love who I am when the Lord is refining me. May not love how it feels, but I love who I am. And you know what? It's worth it. He's worth it. We can also see this in the life of David. A man who was defined by his relationship with his father. Not the failures. And not the palace. Not the highs, not the lows. But he was defined by his relationship with his father. And as we engage with the scripture, we're going to see that because he was defined by our relationship with his father, he trusted him more than most men do. He trusted him to enter into the crucible like most men would not. But you know what? It's not just for David. Just like it's not just for those saints in Revelation 13 to lay down their lives. It's what he's calling us to do today. This is Psalm 139. Pick it up in verse 23. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Now, do you think when David was saying that, he was thinking that, oh, but I'm, I'm saying that, but you're not going to find anything. I'm just saying it as a formality. I don't expect to sit here for a while and actually have you sift me. No. He knew that the Lord was, was going to sift him and purify him. And you know what? Amen. He did it anyway because he trusted his God. Amen. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. David could say this with confidence because he knew what it was going to produce. A purified faith. How many of you want a purified faith? I do. In order for that to happen, we're going to have to joyfully embrace the sifting process because we know what it's producing. The Lord is getting us down to our fighting weight. He could say this because he already knew who he is. Do you know who you are, LCM? Do you know that you are a blood-bought son, a blood-bought daughter of the king, and what he is doing in you is working his character into you? Do you know that? Well, we can joyfully endure. 
we can joyfully embrace it. I didn't do it like, oh, oh, Lord, if you have to. No, I love what it's producing in me, Lord, so bring it on. I'm your son. I can trust you. I know what you're doing. Bring it to me. Picking up in Psalm 139, 13. Check this out. So at the end of Psalm 139, he's, he's asking the Father, search me. Search me, Lord. Test me. See if there's anything offensive inside of me. David can say this because he already knows he has everything he needs. Like, if we went through the entire Psalm of 139, he says things like in verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Verse 16, all, my, all the days ordained for me were written in your book. Does this sound like a man who doesn't know who he is? He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly the relationship he has with the Father. That's why he can say, Lord, I embrace and I welcome and I'm joyful for the sifting process because I know what it produces in me. Lord, test me because the things that you, you, you cause to rise to the surface, that's not me. I know exactly who I am and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to partner with you to go to war with it and put it to death. This is what our Father desires to do in this body, and he is sifting us LCM. And we have to embrace it. We have to be joyful because you already know who you are. You already have what you need. And now it's time to go to war with the things that are there that your Father did not put on you. He did not give you a spirit of fear. Nope. When you feel fear, like it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and self-discipline. You are you are cut from the same cloth of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Was, Ju was Jesus ever fearful? No. So we start from that position of, I am of the same caliber of the son of the living God because his spirit of resurrection is inside of me. So why do I feel fear? That's not who I am. Lord, help me to cut this away. Sift me, God. This is how we get down to our fighting weight. This is why David himself was so victorious. This is why he was effective in the kingdom. He wasn't a man who didn't make mistakes. He wasn't a man who didn't have failures. He had multiple failures that we can read in the word. But he knew he already had what he needed. And as a result, he could welcome the sifting and the testing and go to war with it. See, David knew that he had the genuine stuff from heaven. Yeah. Man, he had the juice. <laughs> he had it from heaven. Anything that needed to be removed through the sifting would only serve to make him more dangerous to the enemy. LCM, it's the same for us. Even more ready to fight the Lord's battle. That's why Hebrews 12 says, remove this, throw it off so that you can run. It's not the, it's not the other way around. You can't run with weight on you. I ran track. When you run track and field, you want nothing on you except your shoes and your gear. That's it. You don't want your watch. You don't want a hat. You, don't want, you want to be as light as possible. And spiritually, we're cutting things off of us. Amen. And the Lord is working to help us Come to on. run our race with perseverance. And this is what we can see in the life of David. He was after transformation, family. And the more experience of genuine transformation that he will receive as a result of being sifted, the more testing that he will receive, the more of what it produced inside of him. He was more effective. There was momentum. The kingdom of God was advancing. He was destroying God's enemies and advancing the kingdom in all directions. LCM, we say here and now, you can choose to have the exact same attitude and say, Father, sift me. Father, test me. Father, search me. And the reason we can ask him to do that is because we already know who we are. We are 
bought by the blood of the lamb. And that does not change whatsoever. His spirit is inside of us. So we stand in that position. Say, Lord, we welcome the things that are that you're sifting in our life so that we can pardon with you to put it to death. Let's choose here and now to take on this same attitude. You know what that looks like? Hey, we are done yeah. with the fear of failure. Come on. Amen. We are done with faithlessness. That's what it looks like. And you know what? Tomorrow, when that situation comes where you might be tempted to uh, side with your adipose tissue, no, that has already been trimmed away from me. That is not who I am. Yeah. This is who I am. I am done with that. There are a few things in our lives that you know we need to say. We need to say, I am done with that and mean it. Yeah. And then tomorrow, mean it again. And the day after that, mean it again. Mean it in your family. Mean it in your workplaces. We are done with low living. The crucible is ours. Proverbs 17.3. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the heart. Just like the silver and the gold undergoing refinement, the same is taking place in us. And our good father is, has been faithful to turn up the fires of adversity. And he will do it until we reach that point. Until we reach the point where we're done. But you know what? It's not going to happen for a long, long, long time. Not until your last day. Until we get there, he is going to continue to turn up the fire. And we have to learn to welcome it. Because the sons of God are revealed in the fire. We have to learn that, hey, this is, this is revealing what I really am. And it's burning away, burning away the superfluous. He's going to do this even more in the days to come. He does this because he loves us. Because we are precious in his sight. The silver and the gold are precious elements that are undergoing a sifting process. The silver, the crucible, and the furnace are instruments. They're tools of testing, and they relate to the Lord in this sense. The Lord is the one that's in control. The Lord is in the one that's in control of the temperature of the fire. Not man, not your circumstance. The Lord is the one that is in control. And everything that has come into your life is to refine the redemption. It's to refine the divinity that he has put inside of you. He is the one who is working the fire to produce something that is pure and genuine in us. Now, here's a, a choice that we have, choice that you have. You can either choose to be embittered by the refining process. Oh, Lord, don't you know? That, ah, Lord, oh, that hurts. Lord, ah, Lord. No, that's not who we are. You can choose to be embittered by it or, and this is who we are, or you can learn to love it because of what it is revealing. It is revealing the genuine stuff in you. It is revealing the salvation and the redemption that he has placed inside of you. That is what the fire is revealing. Your mistakes are being burned up. Your faithlessness being burned up. Selfishness being burned up. But you know what's actually being revealed? What's being revealed is the purity of your faith as he is purifying it. It's getting better as the time continues. We are being sifted, and as a result, our faith will prove genuine on that day. Unmovable unshakable. But you know what? It's not just for that day. It's for right now. Your faith has to prove genuine right now. You have to get more and more immovable, more and more unshakable every time you're shifted. And that is how you will know that you are walking along the path of the crucified Messiah. All of this hinges on the first point. The first point that you already have what you need. Not that you need to get something, but he has already given you what you need. Have you been born again? Have you been filled with the spirit, the Ruach of the living God? Yes. Then you have what you need in every, every 
hindrance that you find is something to throw off. This is a beautiful process. So we read in, in Proverbs 17, we want, to, we want to put up Zechariah 13, verse 9 on the screen. Check this out. Zechariah 13, 9 says this. This third I will put in the fire. I will refine them like silver and test them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is our God. Do you guys see the relationship between Proverbs 17 and Zechariah 13? Notice that it's silver and gold. It's not wood, hay, and stubble. You don't, you don't spend time refining wood. For, for what? There's no value there. But silver and gold, you, you spend time refining. You put it through the sifting process to remove the things that should not be there. And just like the Lord in, in Zechariah 13, he literally says that he will refine his people like silver and gold. And as a result of it, you know what happens through the sifting process? You know what happens when you're being sifted and tested and you come on the other side of it? Clarity. You get clarity as a result of the sifting process. You get clarity as a result of being tested and allowing the Lord to sift things out of your life that should not be there. You know what else happens when you embrace and you joyfully welcome the sifting process? Deep convictions. You get deep convictions as a result of God working these things out of you and working his divine character inside of you. And you know who he is. You guys catch that in Zechariah 13? After the refining process, after the sifting process, they say to him, the Lord is our God. LCM, the Lord is our God. We're, we're 20 years in this thing, and the Lord is helping us, and we're growing, and we're maturing, and we're fighting. And this is what maturing looks like, embracing the sifting process because we already know that we have everything we need. And it gives us clarity in the midst of the battle. It gives us clarity in the midst of the war. And as you know who your father is, as you know his character, and that grows and that revelation grows upon us, you know more and more of who he has made you to be. He didn't make a mistake. He knew what he was invested in when he saved you. And he is working day after day, night after night, because he doesn't sleep or slumber to form and shape you into everything that he intended you to be. LCM, we can take confidence in that. In fact, look at Deuteronomy 8. You guys turn there. Deuteronomy 8, pick it up in verse 2. Regarding the nation of Israel, he put them through this process, and he's putting us through the exact same process. Look, check, it, check this out. Deuteronomy 8, picking up in verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. At this point in Deuteronomy 8, the nation of Israel are hearing this. After 40 years of sifting, 40 years of sifting, this is, this is a, the point being is this is a continuing process. This is day after day, week after week, month and year after year, the Lord is sifting us. He's sifting his people. And you know what they probably realized as the Lord was sifting them along the way? 
there were, they probably realized that there were many things that they identified that were in their lives that needed to be burnt up. Keep in mind that in Deuteronomy 8, as they're hearing this after 40 years, these are men and women who trusted God. They trusted him when they applied the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. They trusted him when they left Egypt. They trusted him when they walked through the, the, the waters of baptism. They, they trusted him to start this process, and yet they still needed to be sifted because they had things in their lives that were there uh, working to trip them up and hinder them from running the race that they were supposed to run. And our faithful father was working to sift day after day. And as a result, you know what was clear to them when they're hearing this in Deuteronomy 8? He was sifting them so they can grow in their dependency on him. Amen. You guys catch that? Your feet didn't swell. Your clothes did not wear out. It's almost like Matthew 6, 33. If you put the kingdom of God first, everything else will be added to you and taken care of. This is what the sifting process produces. The things that we think are important are not important. If we stick to what the Lord has already done in us genuinely and he's shown us through his word, everything else will get burnt up and we'll see more and more of his divine nature inside of us. See, he's doing this in this room. There are some of you guys, you've only been here for a few months, but you're being sifted. Some years, you're being sifted. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's welcome the process of what God is doing. We're maturing. We're growing. This is what it looks like to embrace it. And we know that the Lord entrusted to Israel his word. And he's entrusted his word to men and women in this room. And we're taking his word to the nations. And we can be confident of it. Did you catch that? They started off with painting their doorposts. Covering it with the blood of the lamb. Leaving Egypt. Crossing the Red Sea. and, And going through joyfully enduring 40 years of sifting. And you know what the result of that was? God entrusted them with the holy writ. The reason we sit here right now is because they were entrusted to transmit his revelation to the world. And I think they've done a pretty good job. Amen. Turn with us to Nehemiah 13. As you go there, God has entrusted you too. He's entrusted you with a way of life. He's entrusted you with children that you would demonstrate genuine faith and continuous transformation. He's entrusted you with opportunities to watch his will happen, to participate in it. You've been entrusted with that. And you are being sifted along the process. But look at what happens to men as they trust their God. Go through this process. Nehemiah 13, 13 in the ESV. Learning from a pastor's. And I appointed as treasurers over the storehouses Shelemiah, the priest, Zadok, the scribe, Pedaiah of the Levites, and there his assistant Hanan, the son of Zakur, son of Mataniah, for they were considered reliable. This is Nehemiah entrusting men with the same duty that had been entrusted to him. And he says that these men were considered reliable. And what else? And their duty was to distribute to their brothers. I want to tell you this word, reliable. Strong's 539. Amen. This is what uh, Pastor Wayne and Chris are saying right now. Amen. We got that slide? Amen. 
Hallelujah. This word, amen, can mean when. Proven to be firm, reliable, faithful, permanent. Look at what the scripture is saying about these men. Think, and, and think about in context where they are. This is in the midst of Jerusalem being raised to the ground. These are the good figs that have come out of captivity. And the Lord is saying that these men are reliable. These men are proven to be firm. These men are faithful men. And they're being entrusted to dis distribute the things that our brothers need. We take a deeper look into this word, into the senses. The next slide. It means to be faithful, to endure, to persist, to be assured, to be confirmed, to trust, firm. These men were firm. Was it because they weren't sifted? No. It was because they were sifted and they were proven genuine. That is your future, LCM. You have been entrusted with the good things of God. You have been entrusted with the distribution of his revelation and the power that he's shown in your life. You've been entrusted with that. And all the sifting is doing is making you more reliable, more dependable, more firm. God is trimming that adipose tissue weight. He's getting us down to our fighting weight, to the point where he can entrust us with the things of his kingdom. These men had become faithful. They had been enduring. They had been persistent. But what we want to highlight here is that they had become firm. Are you firm in your faith? Yeah. You need to be firmer. Yeah. I'm talking about revelation kind of firm. Because that's what the Lord is, that's what the Lord is, is, is laying before us. Is this is what I'm calling to you, calling you to. Are you ready? And in some ways, you can say, no, I, I need to, I need some work to do. And it, it's true. But you know what? The process has already started. And you already have what you need. So let the Lord trim off the excess. Let the Lord cut the weight because he is preparing you for this. Now, when I said, uh, are you firm like this? It was kind of like, uh, I want to say yes. I want to say yes, but uh, no, you have what you need. And, and this makes me want to desire the, the sifting all the more. Because you know what? I want to be re more reliable in the kingdom. I am and I want it more. You know, what, know how wanting is going to show up? The next time you sift it. The next time that Lord is bringing something to, to, to the surface. And the next time you have an opportunity to strengthen your brother, to distribute what they need. See, we are reliable and we are becoming reliable. Deep convictions are being developed in you as you do the work. Not before. As you do the work, deep convictions are being developed. The Lord is trimming the superfluous. And we are becoming like him in every way. As we prepare for a close, turn with us to Hebrews 6. Excited to cut that weight. Hebrews 6. Picking up in verse 17, but before we get there, the context of this passage is that the Lord is, is, is reminding us of promises that he gave to Abraham. He said, when he made this promise to Abraham, 
since there was no one greater for him to swear by, I'm reading verse 13 for you. He swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you. Does he sound sure? Does he sound firm? And give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Abraham was actively waiting, though. He was actively waiting. As he was waiting, he was walking. As he was waiting, he was being sifted, and he was being proven genuine. See, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wants, wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. And God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. Have you fled to take hope of this hope? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Church, we want to say that as the Lord is dropping the weight, as he's cutting the weight, you know what else is dropping? Our anchor. As the Lord, as these things are being cut away from us, as these, these weights are dropping off of us, our anchor is being dropped. Our, our deep convictions are being established and we're becoming more movable, more reliable, more firm. That is who you are. Does that make you want to want to dive into the, the sifting process? Yes. To know that, man, when I endure this, I'm becoming more reliable than I currently am? We're going to do it all the more. See, Isaiah 51 says in verse 1 and 2 says, Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one, and I blessed him and made him many. See, God is making many Abrahams in this place. Over the course of their walk, they had to shed the superfluous. Many times, many times they shed the superfluous. They shed the dead weight. But the dead weight is not the only thing that dropped. Their deep convictions were established. Their deep convictions were embedded upon the bedrock of the character of Christ. So we have a choice before us. Tell us what that choice is, Ben. You guys go ahead and stand to your feet as we get ready to close. And we talk about the choice that we do have. Say, I have a choice. Choice number one, choose to know who you are and that you already have what you need. Choice number two, joyfully embrace the sifting process. It is what is uncovering and showing that you are the, you have the anointing of God on your life, and it's genuine. Choice number three, rep the reality of this revelation repeatedly. Be reminded of this as many times as it takes and remind your brothers. Engage in this process, and as you do, you'll, you'll pick up momentum. Your, your walk will get steady, firm, and, and steadfast. Remind each other. When you, when you hear something from your brother that is not from the word and it's not speaking in faith, hey, brother, that's not who you are. 
this is who you are. You are a faithful man. You are a man who loves the word. Remind each other of what we already have. And also remind each other to be joyfully embracing the process of sifting because it produces something genuine and it reveals what's already there. The divinity and the redemption, the silver and the gold, God's power in clay jars. It reveals that. So, as we cut to our fighting, our, our fighting weight, we're cutting off the, the excess fat. We're also dropping an anchor for our soul of what the Lord is doing in this body. So as we come down to the altar, I want to encourage you. If you have not been embracing the sifting process, you've kind of been dredging it like somebody's pulling teeth, I want to encourage you to come to the altar and celebrate and ask the Lord. Lord, I'm not going to come down into a bomb shelter mode. It's the opposite of what these guys just said. Lord, instead, I, I want to be sifted. I wanted the heart of David. Search me, oh God. Search me. Test me. See what is there because I know what you've put inside of me is genuine. And there are things that are surrounding my life that should not be there. So search me. Examine me so these things can be burned away and I can run freely with momentum into what you're calling me to do. Let that be our attitude tonight. So as I begin to pray, do exactly what you know to do. And allow the Lord to sift us tonight. Amen. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we thank you that you have put inside of us what is unbreakable. Lord, what you, you've put inside of us, Lord, what is unyielding. Lord, your genuine anointing is upon us. And we thank you for that. Lord, we already have what we need. And Lord, here and now... Because of that, because of knowing who we are and the righteousness of Christ Jesus that we are, Father, we're asking that you would sift us. We're asking that you would search us. We're asking that you would examine and test us and remove the things that are not of you so we can run freely into what you've called us to be. Lord, to do it as one body. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing here and now. Lord, breathe upon your people in the name of Jesus.